I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care anymore. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Room Radio. My name is Darian. I have returned again. It's just me again, you motherfuckers. I am sorry. Apparently, nobody believed me when I said that I actually did not have COVID-19. So, Monica, Buddy, both still social distancing by not even showing up. That's like the ultimate social distance. Don't even acknowledge that I'm alive anymore. (laughs) It's fine. They're both busy and or in the hospital. Uh, buddy, still at work, I think. Monica, still uh, dealing with her back problems. And I don't know if she can walk yet or not, but let's wish her the best and a speedy recovery and move it right along. I got a fucking show to do here, guys. What's up with you? What's up with everybody out there? How we doing tonight? It's Tuesday night here in funky Reno, Nevada, if anybody gives a shit where I am or what the hell's going on. Uh, not much. Uh, the weather took a very steep shit all of a sudden. It went from uh, sunny but chilly to uh, like snow on the mountains and in the streets and fucking up everybody's December. So there's that. I have been drunk pretty much all weekend. I did a Friendsgiving situation. Are you familiar with this practice? It's It's a new thing apparently. I never heard of it. What happens is you have regular Thanksgiving that you're forced to spend with your family whether you want to or not and then after that you do a second one (laughs) with people that you actually do want to hang out with and you get hammered and uh, that's a lot of fun so I did that one night and then it was the Red Queen's birthday the next night so I've been on a uh, back-to-back drunk situation don't judge me, alright? I was invited to these events it's not like I was sitting at home boozing myself to death Uh, I'm trying not to uh, (laughs) I'm I'm trying not to be too hard on myself Uh, despite the fact that uh, I remember very little about the previous weekend. All right, enough about me and my uh, alcoholism. We got a shit show to get into here. It's uh, Blood on the Highway night. God damn it, cowboy. Thank you very much for this horse shit. Let's start it off with a little horror news, you maniacs. Horror news. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you just how rock hard I am for this new Evil Dead video game that's coming out next year. Trailers are up. Check it out. I can't, I don't even know what's going on with it. It looks like, uh, 
It might be some kind of a siege thing. It looks like you can be that. You can be Ash. There's some playable characters in there. I did see Ash. I saw um, some other guy. Uh, oh, the uh, the uh, medieval king. He's in there. It looked like one of the chicks. I don't. I think it might have been the chick from Evil Dead Two. And then here's the real kicker: Scott from Evil Dead One. You remember that punk ass? Easily one of the most annoying characters. Uh, in horror history, if you ask me, because he was just a complete punk ass and a bit of a whiny bitch. So I don't know how he made it into this game. Gameplay looks fucking gnarly. Uh, from what I gather, just looking at what I saw, it takes place in the cabin. And from what I read, I, I did read an article. It said you could play as either a human or a deadite. So I don't know how that's going to go down. But I have got a huge boner for this thing. Check out the trailers. They're all over YouTube, Bloody Disgusting, Facebook, wherever, whatever you feel like looking at, you'll find them if you uh, want to look. Uh, speaking of games, dudes, how about this alien tabletop RPG? Um, it here's here's the thing about the RPGs, man. I, I love them. I love them dearly. It's a tabletop RPG, role playing game. All right, now you gotta. You gotta, the thing about the role-playing games is they bear, they already bear a fucking stigma. And I don't think it's fair. And it's all because of goddamn Dungeons and Dragons. Now, hear me out. Um, whatever high school you went to, or whatever, uh, I don't know, state institution you were incarcerated in, whatever the case may be, uh, there was probably a group of kids there that played Dungeons and Dragons, and they were probably virgins uh, well past graduation. Now, that being said, it, 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 it's that Dungeons & Dragons' fault? I don't think so. Uh, same thing with, like, uh, 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 JROTC. Remember those doofuses? They um, probably didn't get a lot of ass either. So, those two things... I, I, don't, I don't mean to talk about ROTC, but all I'm saying is that role-playing games can be a lot of fun, and they can be cool, and now that we're not in high school, most of us anyway... We can probably play them to our dorky little heart's content and not worry about getting our underwear pulled over our head. Or at least I'd like to think so. Now, that being said, uh, the thing about playing RPGs as an adult is you got to have a group of friends that are into it. Uh, for example, me and uh, Jason Harrell and my wife and his wife, we've been playing Vampire the Masquerade. They're into it. I'm into it. It turns it's, it's like nerd poker, really, is what it is. It's like a poker night for us and our spouses, except we don't really care to play poker, so we play this instead. And we have a lot of fun, and we get hammered. Uh, very little actual gameplay occurs. It's mostly us getting hammered and talking shit to each other. Which is still fun. We get to, you know, hey, here's a rule book. Let's throw some dice around. Okay, here, let's do some more shots. Now, that being said, let's talk about this alien tabletop role-playing game. It sounds pretty cool. Um, it, there's two, from what I read, there's two different styles of play. There's the D&D &D style, Vampire the Masquerade style, where you build, would build a character, level him or her up, different types of characters you could play as, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the basic idea, but then there's another one called cinematic style in which you are basically just playing it as a board game. So this thing is already available. It's called literally Alien. It's a, uh, 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 tabletop role-playing game. So... Check that out. I'm interested. I'm interested. I don't know if I could find anybody that would be interested in playing that with me. Or, I mean, you know, that's the other thing about these fucking games, man. The rule books for these things are like fucking phone books, you know? Uh, 
So you either got to have one dude that reads the whole thing and knows it in and out and can reasonably translate it to the rest of the group, or we all have to go out and buy our own copies and spend about a month and a half studying them before we can actually do anything. So there you have it. I think I just, like outsourced my own interest in role-playing games altogether. I think I'm going to throw the whole fuck, the whole fucking shit away. All right, uh, what else we got here? Ghost Adventures. These fucking clowns are still on the air somehow, and I love them. I'll be the first to admit it. Uh, I know it's fake, but it's still very entertaining to me, watching these muscle heads run around, try to pick fist fights with ghosts, try to bully ghosts like that's a thing. Hey, you fucking ghost nerd, get over here. Let them run into some uh, ghosts of dead D&D players. Because that's... They're going to be in big trouble. (laughs) Uh, Ghost Adventures is uh, going inside the Cecil Hotel. Cecil? Cecil Hotel? Uh, What is the Cecil Hotel? I'm going to tell you. Hold on. Um, It's it's technically not the Cecil Hotel anymore. They've rebranded. It's now called the Stay on Main. It's the hotel in Los Angeles where uh, Alyssa, Eliza, Eliza Lamb's body was found. You'll remember she was the Canadian who went to L.A. on some kind of a vacation, disappeared, found her body in the water tank of the hotel itself, which is very gross because anybody staying in the hotel at that time got themselves a little dead body juice coming out of the sink in the faucet. So that's gross, man. Not only that, but in the early 80s, uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, live there for a short while. So that's pretty cool. Also the basis loosely for the Hotel Cortez in uh, American Horror Story Season 5, I believe it was. So that is going to be pretty cool. It's going to be on Discovery Plus uh, January 4th, 2021, next month. Uh, Discovery Plus is a streaming service that the Discovery Channel is launching. So... I guess they're going to have other shows there. I don't know what the what what the hell else is on the Discovery Channel other than Shark Week, right? That's like their whole claim to fame right there is Shark Week. Anyway, uh, Mortal Kombat. This fucking movie we're all uh, hot and bothered by. I love it. I'm, I'm excited for it. Got an April release date, April 2021, going straight to HBO Max, and it's going to be in theaters. Now... I don't know anything about this. I mean, I know a lot about Mortal Kombat. I don't know anything about this movie. I've seen the previous movies. Love the first one. Second one was dog shit. Love the video games and the lore behind them and all that fun stuff. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with this. It can't possibly be any worse than Mortal Kombat Annihilation, right? Because that's about as bad as it's going to get as far as CGI kung fu movies go. That was really bad. Um, Anyway, I'm excited for it. I think I'm going to actually... Uh, round up the horror posse and we're going to go make a date and go check it out in the theaters. I think I want to see it in the theaters first because that's going to be like the whole experience, you know, with the punches and the kicks and the fatalities. And one could probably make an argument for Mortal Kombat being at least in some horror subgenre. You know, there's going to be a lot of gore or at least there should be unless they fucked it up. I don't know. Uh, Lastly, have we all seen a movie called Daniel Isn't Real? It's streaming on Shutter right now. Stars the, uh, I don't know, somewhat indifferent Patrick Schwarzenegger. Who, I, I think he did all right. He doesn't look anything like his dad. He's definitely not built like his dad. But uh, not a bad show. Streaming on Shudder. Uh, the uh, director, a guy by the name of Adam Egypt Mortimer, 
has just released a new film called Arch Enemy. And he has already come out to say that Patrick isn't, or excuse me, Daniel isn't real, and Arch Enemy take place in the same universe. And there's going to be a third movie that somehow connects the two. Um, do we need, I don't, I don't, <laughs> do we need that? I mean, I, 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 uh, Daniel is a real is not a bad show, but I don't know why we would need to do any kind of follow up to it. It's fine. It's a good movie. It's fine. Uh, not that hot. I wouldn't want a sequel to that because I don't feel like there's anywhere else to, I'm not going to ruin that one for you. Maybe I'll do a full episode on that one later, but I do. I don't know, man. I, I feel like some movies don't need an expansive universe. You know what I mean? Uh, the Conjuring universe, pretty dope, because that's kind of branching out all over the fucking place, and I love that. Um, MCU, of course, good stuff. All these movies kind of in and out of each other, like that too. You know, do we do we need like a, um, I don't know, like a Friday the 13th universe? Why? It's really just Jason Voorhees. We don't need side stories involved with that, do we? I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I'm going to check out Arch Enemy, and I'll let you know how that went down, and if... Maybe there's like a subtle nod to Daniel isn't real in there somewhere. Keep it subtle, you know. Let's keep it. Let's keep it on the down low. And then in this third movie, whatever the shit that's going to be, maybe from there we'll, we'll b- somehow loop the whole fucking thing together. I don't know. I'm just rambling on again. I'm sorry. Uh, that's all we got on the horror news, dudes. How about a little listener mail action? Listener mail. Bing to the bong to the bing bang bong. I got some email for you people. Let's start it off in beautiful uh, downtown Reno, Nevada. Uh, Looks like this one came in last week, uh, right after the show. It's from the cowboy baby. Subject line, last week's email, take two. Uh, He forwarded it, so yeah, he did actually... (laughs) He actually did write in last week, and uh, I'm sorry, cowboy. I don't. Sometimes these fucking emails go straight to the junk folder, and I don't know why, because they're coming from the same goddamn email address. So one week they'll go to the junk folder, the next week they'll come to the right folder, and then I don't know. I got to I'm gonna fix that. I'm sorry. Um, I actually thought I did fix that like a year ago, but clearly it's happening again. Fucking assholes. All right. Uh, last week's email take two. Uh, subject line, trucker questions, and Emilio! Evening, padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it back. Glad to hear the Brock house tested in the clear. Hopefully you didn't go too, too insane with lockdown. And I do have to say, I still enjoy your solo shows. Well, thank you very much, cowboy. Your Ted Levine impression <laughs> was amazing last week, and I laughed way too hard through the whole show. Mm-hmm. Is she a great big fat person? Cowboy, come back, cowboy. Is she a great big fat person? Darian, to answer your questions from last week's show. First off, Darian, most the semis are 18-wheelers, not 16. LOL. 10 on the rig and 8 on the trailer. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Sounds like we have a crisis on our hands. (laughs) Yes, 
truckers are horny bastards. Think about it. In relation to female gamers, how much quicker does a girl get attention and help as opposed to a dude? Same logic applies. LOL. I guess that would make sense, you know? Because, I mean, mean, if you think about, like, all the... the, um, time you spend on the road alone but it's it's not that in, that different from sitting in front of a computer screen uh playing one of these fucking uh, world of warcraft or something right so you can get just as horny staring out a window as you can staring at a computer screen if you're on your own that makes sense cowboy i'm glad you cleared that up for us tire thumper checking pressure is a real thing i wear steel toe boots and can tell if the tire is inflated or low when hitting it I actually use this method on my pickup as well as the work rig. So, I mean, okay. I don't... What do you, do you just go out there and kick the shit out of your tires? And if uh, your foot gets stuck, then you know to put air in it? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to try it. I'll, you know, I, I think I... Well, I don't need to because I have a Jeep and it's got a tire pressure gauge in the dashboard. So, I don't know. But good for you. I'm glad that works for you. As for the ice delivery driver and how he ends up in Rusty's rig at the end, when Rusty crashes through the ice truck on the dirt road, he simply grabs the other driver for later use. Okay, so you're saying, excuse me, you're saying he killed that dude right there on the spot and grabbed his body? Okay, that's fine. I get that. But that brings me back to the original problem I had, cowboy, which is, the dude in the hotel room, the big fat guy that we saw and were supposed to believe that that was Rusty Nail, uh, when he spoke, he was clearly not Ted Levine or anywhere near him. He wasn't even, you know, they easily, if they wanted that to be Rusty Nail, they should have looped Levine's voice onto that. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know, but your uh, guess is as good as mine. Uh, now for the truck stop prostitute, aka lot lizards. Yes, they are also real, but really, really, you you really don't want to stick your dick in one. They're as nastier than ones you'll find on Fourth Street downtown. I actually want watched one exit a rig, wash her stank hole in a parking lot puddle. Oh my god! Oh yuck! And get into another rig, nasty as fuck. Oh no! No no! <laughs> oh that's terrible that is terrible well i mean at least she took the time to to splash off a little bit i ugh, yuck in a parking lot puddle get, show have some self-respect lady jesus christ on to my notes I saw the news about Dinklage Toxic Avenger reboot. Could be interesting as Dinklage is a phenomenal actor. And when it comes to Game of Thrones, Bronn was my favorite character. He was true, he was true to being a sellsword and just wanted a fucking castle. Haha. <laughs> I liked Bronn too a lot. He's, he's pretty good dudes. Uh, the reef yacht tipping mentioned by Mike makes sense. And I agree that one line of dialogue would have cleared that up. Tom Hardy mentioned a slasher video game, but didn't give the name. I'm curious as to what game it is. And thanks, Tom. No, now I think we're all curious as to Monica's going rate. Ha <laughs> ha. And I'll have to search Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. You know, I looked for that, cowboy. I couldn't find it anywhere. So, I don't know. Uh, Tom Hardy, if you can remember who, who was in that, I will look them up. Because I can't find uh, Phantom of the Mall anywhere. Uh, the slasher video game that uh, Tom Hardy referenced in last week's show is called Until Dawn. 
It's pretty cool. It was actually produced by Larry Fessenden, and it's got a lot of big-name actors in it. It, um, Hayden Panettiere's in it. Um, Other people that you might recognize, uh, mostly like tweeny types. Uh, It's it's a pretty good game. I got it. Um, I played it. It's... uh, I mean the 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 ending. It really you don't really get to affect the storyline too much because you, as you're going through this slasher situation, um, you have to make decisions and they affect the storyline. But the end point pretty much is the same. Really, all you're going to do at the end is decide uh, who lives and who dies. Um, what's his name? Peter Stormare is in that. He, he was the guy that played the devil in uh, Constantine, and. Um, what happens, he like comes in and out of the storyline as like a psychotherapist, and he asks you questions about what you're most afraid of, and then, um, I don't know, it like I think it like alters the jump scares as you go or something like that, but uh, it's, uh, it's not a bad game. It's, it's not like an action game, it's more like a uh, find the clues, unlock the puzzle kind of a game, but it's still worth a, it's worth a play, it's called Until Dawn, so there you, it's it's, I think it came out in like uh, 2014 or so. So you could probably get a used copy pretty cheap if you really want to find it. Uh, I have to agree. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, I have to agree and much prefer ghost movies for the sake of ghosts, not for grieving or mental reasons. Thank you very much, Cowboy. Educating Darian, you're the legend of Hell House. I still have no clue who Monica's last education was. Uh, you're right, but that was two weeks ago, and now I'm a different movie. So... But you were right about that one, and if I had read this on time, you would have been right. Uh, Now, with listening back, I have sad news. I'm all caught up. No more past episodes. Only one I haven't gotten to listen to is Puppet Master, which sadly won't load at all. With that, hearing about the great horror campout sounded amazing, and if it ever becomes available, I'm down for the full experience. Hearing Alan... Hearing the story of Alan, the pantless Batman, was hilarious. Hopefully there isn't been a recurrence. (laughs) Ha ha... Um, no, I think Alan's pretty well behaved himself, uh, since then. (laughs) A few quick notes on, notes on this week's movie, Maximum Overdrive. My current company is actually featured just for a moment. King don't give a fuck, even kids die in Death by Steamroller, far better than Death by Zamboni. At least the Steamroller is quicker. I don't know that it is, well, yeah, I guess it is, but... Either one of those vehicles is damn near impossible to get run over by, cowboy. Just get out. They're slower than shit. And they're loud. And uh, I don't know how you would not get out of the way, you know, unless you're like somebody's holding you in place or you're strapped to a chair. I don't know, man. Even if you are, you could probably just inch your way out of the way long before it actually got to you. Anyway, uh, always laugh at King's cameo and, honey, this machine called me an asshole. (laughs) Uh, Other than this week's movie, didn't get to watch much, but did watch The Nun again with my eldest as per their birthday movie request. We're going to work through The Conjuring movies in order. Really enjoy getting to show them horror movies that that they don't scare at all. Uh, looking forward to tonight's show and for Blood on the Highway for this coming week. Haha. <laughs> Added a few fun pictures for you all to enjoy. Hope everyone has a great week. I'll catch you on the flip, cowboy. Right on, cowboy. Also coming in last week, here comes Irma Gersh, all the way from Billings, Montana. Irma Gersh in the house. Subject line, maximum overdose. Hey, gang. Hopefully everyone is back alive and well soon. 
couple things. First off, Maximum Overdrive. If ever there was to be a movie about the dangers of having a Coke addiction, this is it. <laughs> I remember watching it as a wee Gersh and thinking, hmm, that was weird, and left it at that. I would agree, Gersh. Fast, I mean, it's it's a it's a silly fucking movie, is what it is. And is as silly as it is, it's I, I wouldn't say it's a good movie, uh, I, but I would say it's an enjoyable movie, uh, if that makes any sense. Fast forward many moons, and armed with the knowledge that Stephen King was loaded to the gills on coke, makes way more sense now. Uh, is it horrible? Absolutely not. In fact, I quite enjoy it. Sure, it's wonky as all get out, but I think that's where its charms lie. In fact, I would like to see a remake of it nowadays, with all the advancement that all the advancements that have been made since this came out. How could it not be good? Last thing, judging by the anguish in your voice, Darian, when you mentioned blood on the highway at the end of last week's episode, one can surmise one of two things. It's either the greatest horror vampire comedy ever made or the greatest driver ed film ever made. Either way, I, for one, am stoked for the episode. Take care, and for the love of God, folks, don't do drugs and make movies. If you do, please put Emilio Estevez as a star. Lord knows he can use a career resurgence. Later, Gersh. Thanks for writing in, Irma Gersh. Haven't heard from you in a while. Funny, the only way, only time he writes in is when I do blood on the highway, the son of a bitch. Uh, here comes this week's email from the cowboy. Um, here it is. Subject line, solo shows and missed emails. Hello, evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and someone made it in tonight to keep Darian from talking to the houseplants again. Do hope that Monica is doing better. Sciatic nerve pain is horrible. And hope Buddy is also feeling better. Glad to hear the Brock house is COVID-free. I still enjoy the solo shows, but if you do need a stand-in guest, I'm down and I'll bring beer. Well, you just got yourself hired there, cowboy. <laughs> Hopefully you got my resend of last week's email. We did. Answered your trucker questions and had you figured out on Educate. Looking at my notes from last week, a few things. Darian, if you want a decent truck stop food, try the iron skillet at the Petro and Sparks. You know, cowboy, I drive past that fucking place twice a day, if not more. And I've never actually eaten there. One of these days, I'm going to go in there and eat there. And I'm sure I'm going to love it. Uh, Pretty good food, usually. Now a few questions you had from Maximum Overdrive, really no way a truck could sneak up on someone with the engine running and they don't don't silently coast like a car when a teenager is trying to sneak home late. As for the bedroom, it was probably the owner's. I've been to small truck stops where the owners also live there and some have rooms that truckers can rent also. Oh, that's very cool. Now, for Blood on the Highway. First off, I'm sorry. <laughs> this movie was horrible. <laughs> yeah! You see that? God damn it, cowboy. I love you. But the only thing I knew about it was from previous episodes uh, and the comments made. I will say the soundtrack was fun and I got a chuckle from two lines. Not even vomit would tarnish that sweet ass, especially bad pickup line. Haha. <laughs> Why am I talking to you and not buying beer? Sometimes I'm sure I've said many times. With that said, I agree, Darian, not a good movie at all. At least this week's movie, High Tension, is a good one, and I'm looking forward to watching it again. You told me we had to do fucking uh, Blood on the Highway, man. We're doing Blood on the Highway. You didn't tell me we could switch it up to High Tension. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it again. This week's Educate Darian, your shaitan. Oh, he got me! 
2006, directed by Chim, Kim Shapiron. Yep, you got me, cowboy. Immersion Therapy, House of Purgatory. I actually watched this a few weeks ago. Not a bad movie, and I like the premise. But I felt they could have done much more with the idea. Still worth a watch. I'll get to that in the uh, Immersion Therapy. Didn't get a chance to catch much this week, except for a few with my oldest continuing their horror education. Smiley Face Killers. Not a recommended watch. It was extremely slow and boring, but the the name sounded cool. And Urban Legend. Fun movie and surprisingly a lot of known actors and actresses. The Noxima Girl as the Killer. I enjoyed, and she played crazy wonderfully. Hope everyone has a great week, and I'll catch you on the flip, cowboy. Very cool, cowboy. Now, I'm going to take a look at the junk mail folder and make sure we didn't skip anybody again. Yep, that's about it. So, thank you very much, Irma Gersh and Cowboy. Uh, Cowboy, I've got your fucking prize pack, dude. Uh, If you want to drop me a line on Facebook, give me a time and a place, I'm happy to meet you and hand it to you myself. I do not have COVID, so I I can promise you a COVID-free prize pack, which is not a, uh, a promise I often make, my friend. Now, I have to do another review of Blood on the Highway. I'm sorry if you wanted me to switch it, but Blood on the Highway it is, and Blood on the Highway it shall be. Otherwise, Gersh is going to kick me in the fucking balls. Here we go! There's no such things as vampires! You just made a big mistake. (laughs) I I thought you guys were my friends. Onward! Forward! Do not turn back! Do not look back! Yeah, man, do you really want to fight an army of vampires? Since I was 12 years old. Now that is a vampire. Yeah, it's Blood on the Goddamn Highway. It's from 2008. It's rated R. Got 5.3 stars on IMDb. Directed by Barack Epstein. Written by Chris Gardner. Stars Deva, Diva, Deva, Deva George, Robin Gearhart, and Nate Rubin. Now, here's the thing, <clears throat> inmates. Let me give you a little backstory on this movie, all right? Um, for those of you that have uh, just uh, joined me here in the last year or two, or five actually, uh, back when this movie came out in 2008, it made a bit of a splash, and mostly with the podcast crew. Um, Irma Gersh, I Hate Your Face podcast, Johnny Krug at... Uh, Whatever his show used to be, the Corpse Cast guys, they all loved it and raved about this fucking movie. I watched it and said, meh, it's fine. It's not the best thing I've ever seen. It's actually kind of dumb if you ask me. But really, it's not worth all the praise that these guys were heaping on it. I don't think. I think it's kind of stupid. That being said, let's jump right in. Now, the, but the, I'm going to put a caveat on that because I feel like this is a movie that you can watch and you can enjoy... And, but you have to be like in the right frame of mind, I guess. And I'm just never there. Cause it's the, the, it's a horror comedy about vampires that basically work at Walmart. 
And I think there's supposed to be some kind of a subtext about the consumerization and, you know, uh, Walmart being blood-sucking capitalists. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to figure that shit out. But I'm not dumb enough to like this movie either. So I am writing the line of uh, someone who just doesn't like it, I guess. Uh, It's about vampires that work at Walmart. Now, if you can uh, get hammered, if you can uh, get high or something and watch this movie, I'm sure you'll love it because all the humor is adolescent as shit. Uh, it's a lot of cock and fart jokes and pussy cunt, uh, references. Really, that's the, the shining ray of this film. The creative use of, uh, genitalia references. You fucking cunt rag, you nasty vagina, you, it, it, just, it just goes on and on and on. And there, I'll admit, I got some chuckles out of some of them, but other than that, uh, the movie itself is kind of dumb. So, let's jump right in. We start off with, uh... The grand opening of Consumart, which I believe is supposed to be some kind of a reference to Walmart. Uh, it, it's opening at sundown in some small town. There's a big crowd outside just dying to get in there and do some shopping. Once they get inside, it's basically like it looked like a dollar store, really, more than anything else. So this crowd goes into the store, and then they go start looking through the aisles, and then in the back corner they see there's a two-for-one on coffins, and then the lights go out and people start screaming and freaking out, and that's the beginning of your movie. Uh, after that, we're going to cut to our main characters, and this is where the dumb shit uh, kicks right off, because we're going to... Now, I'm, I'm sorry, Irma Gersh, I know you're listening to this, and I'm sorry I didn't like this movie. I'm trying not to tear at a new asshole, but... I'm I'm going to try to get to some positives here. Um, the pro- the main problem I have is that they hit on a lot of pet peeves of mine. And uh, oh, I'm going to start right off with one right off the bat here. Uh, we have a young man and a young lady sitting in a car outside of another guy's house. And they're waiting for, they're picking that dude up because they're all going to go to this concert. Now, right off the bat, the young lady, uh, is her name is Carrie, and the young the young man, his name is Sam. Um, (laughs) so the question that is going to come up, as soon as they start talking, the question is going to come up in your mind, why is this screaming hot chick with this whiny little bitch boy? And the answer apparently is that he is rich, except for the fact that he doesn't have a car because they're in Carrie's car and it's a piece of shit. Now, all that gets explained in some very lazily written dialogue of, uh, you know, if you weren't so rich, I wouldn't even be with you, you whiny prick. Why would you leave me? But I love you. I'll buy you an MP3 player. That's dumb, man. (laughs) That is dumb. That is... uh, See, this is why movies like Shaun of the Dead are funny and they work. And Deathgasm is funny and it works. Because they don't, they didn't shove it up our ass the way that these guys are doing. This is this is tantamount to a subferatu. Uh, I will say it's, I think it's marginally better than subferatu, but it's it's in the same neighborhood. That's for sure. So there's that. Uh, he's apparently rich, except they're in a piece of shit car, and uh, she's screaming hot, but she hates him. And she makes it plainly obvious because during this entire conversation, she does nothing but yell at him and berate him. And then eventually his buddy comes out, uh, who's a big, big, uh, tough guy, and he wears a wife beater the entire movie. 
And he is a guy named Bone. And as soon as... Oh, we get some more backstory before we jump into that. In the same lazily written fashion, why are you friends with this guy? Uh, He's kind of nice to me sometimes. Uh, Okay, if Sam is supposed to be rich, then what the fuck is he... Okay, I get the trophy girlfriend, but why would he be hanging around the the big bully if he's rich? If he's rich, he would just be like, no, fuck off. I'm going to find some other rich friends and not even hang around you, you jackass. Uh, naturally, Bone gets in the car after throwing a dog a dog turd at his dad. I did get a chuckle out of that part. And I feel like if I didn't uh, want to touch dog turds, I would be throwing them at people a lot more just because it's fun- funny. <laughs> uh, and then we get some more lazily written dialogue. We're going to the biggest concert ever. It's going to be so fucking gnarly. It's going to be metal and pyrotechnics and boobies. And okay, if you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I'm overthinking this. But this is bad. This is bad dialogue because this conversation would have already happened probably before they even bought tickets. Uh, they all know where they're going. I don't know why they need to run themselves through it again. You know what I mean? It's it's like when um, you see this in bad movies all the time. Um, how many times in a in a day in a, in a real day in your real life have you had to um, identify yourself to somebody that you already know and give your backstory? It doesn't fucking happen. People don't talk like that. You know what I mean? Monica. We've been doing a podcast for ten, almost ten years. Uh, you start start in a couple of my movies. Don't open that door. Nobody talks like that. Why would you write that if you? T- oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Irma Gersh. I'm sorry. All right, and I mean, I I get it. We do all have a tendency to state the obvious to a degree. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, that wall is black. Okay, hey. That wall is black. It's been black for about three months because I was quarantined and I got bored one day and drunk and decided to paint two of the walls in this room in black. Why would I say all that shit? It is... Oh, God, I'm sorry. All right, I'm moving, I'm moving along. I'm moving along. I can feel my blood pressure rising with the lazy fucking writing of this movie. Okay. Uh, so that, I mean, we get, uh, there's a couple chuckle, get some humor out of there. So now they're driving into the night. It's, uh, nighttime. They're still in Carrie's piece of shit car. Sam, all of a sudden, because he is a, he should really just have pussy tattooed across his forehead. And apparently the writers of this film believe that we were not smart enough to pick up on the fact that he's a pussy. So everything that comes out of his mouth, the entire fucking movie is going to be whining. And I, I don't mean that just like in the, oh, this really sucks. I mean in a whiny, uh, toddler-esque voice. I thought you loved me. Ugh. That gets pretty fucking old, my friends. Pretty old, pretty quick. I know. I know. I'm tearing this movie apart, which I said I was not going to do. So let's move. Let's just keep moving. <laughs> We're just going to keep trucking through this. We're going to power through it. All right, so Sam gets motion sickness, vomits all over Carrie's car. Uh, Carrie gets out, continues her verbal assault of Sam. Uh, Bone gets out and starts a physical assault of Sam. Uh, At some point uh, after they get out of their vomit-stained clothes, um, Sam agrees to buy uh, Carrie a, get her a whole new upholstery and uh, buy her an MP3 player, at which point they make out uh, despite the fact that she just slapped him with a vomit-soaked shirt, and thus he should probably still have vomit 
on his uh, face and stuff. Anyway, it's disgusting. Uh, it's gross. Uh, they get back in the car eventually and realize that they're almost out of gas, so they need to find a gas station. They pull off the highway uh, down into a little town called Fate. Okay? There they stop at a gas station, and because we're now to understand that the original Consumart sequence took place in Fate, uh, vampires are abound. So they go inside the gas station where um, both gas station attendants are now full-on vampires. But these vampires, um, they have have the vampire teeth, they have the fangs. Uh, Other than that, they're kind of like... I don't know. It's like they have Bell's palsy or something. They just kind of stand around all moping, moping around like. And then eventually Bone goes in there to buy something and the vampire just stares at him. And then Sam goes in there to do something and then the vampire actually attacks him. Both of them do. And then Bone kills them both and then they get back in the car and drive off. Except that they never actually got the gas. So there's that. Uh, they get into the, the town of the actual town proper of fate where their car actually runs out of gas. Uh, they get out and immediately get swarmed by these lackadaisical vampires. Now, again, I'm sorry. Here's, here's another pet peeve that I have. And this kind of chaps my ass because this one shows up in a lot more mainstream movies than you'd think. And that is... The background pantomime. (laughs) Bear with me, I'll explain. Um, You have a fight sequence going on, or some kind of an action sequence, in which uh, a couple of guys are supposed to be fighting a bunch of guys. So, um, you'll have uh, the fighting going on between a couple of guys and a couple other guys, but in the background, you'll have a bunch of guys... Not really fighting, but just kind of with their hands up in like a weird low crouch, kind of doing like a, ah, I'm going to get you any minute now. I'm going to come in there and fight you at some point. This pops up in a lot of, in a lot of action movies. Um, notable examples of this would be uh, pretty much any of the fight sequences in Dust Till Dawn where uh, the Gecko brothers were fighting off all the vampires. Just look just look, be, look over Seth Gecko's shoulder, and you'll see an extra half-ass dressed as a vampire doing a weird thing with his hands. Like, oh, I might just come in there. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, I gotta get it. But it's not a real fight, so he can't really fight anybody, and everybody kind of has to pause, usually because there's some dialogue that's got to get thrown around during the fight scene. So there's that. Look, <laughs> obviously... For the sake of the movie, um, you can't have everybody pile on the heroes because then that's going to make for a pretty short movie and a pretty boring action sequence. So instead of having people just stand around doing this dumb shit thing with their hands, uh, you know, get them running back and forth like they're going to get weapons or they're going to call somebody or get them doing something. Don't just have them stand there for fuck's sake, man. Oh, that, that's another peeve. That's another That's another bit of a, a roadblock for the D-Man when it comes to movies. Um, you take a movie like Dust Till Dawn, though, there's a lot of other good stuff in there that will make me forget about the pantomiming in the background as opposed to Blood on the Highway where there's not. And now it sticks out in my head like a fucking sore thumb. And there's a lot of pantomiming going on here, kids. All right, so moving right along. Uh, we get some of that, and then eventually a vampire, um, I guess, hunter, or 
guy uh, shows up and he's like decked out in, in a military-esque situation. He's got like a camouflage shirt and a uh, LBV on and he's a, he's a, he, well, he's not in shape and uh, he's not an action star or hero or even really an actor by any stretch of the imagination. He's a balding uh, elderly fellow where they could probably maybe like an early onset diabetes. I don't know, but he introduced, he shoots off a couple of the vampires and then he introduces himself as Byron Von James. And he is apparently the last living resident of fate. And, uh, he and his wife have kind of like a stronghold somewhere nearby where they can all be, uh, get to and be safe. So away we go. Uh, now mind you at this point, Sam has been bitten by a vampire and, uh, depending on where we want to go with this vampire mythos we're going to we're going to say that he's quote unquote infected for lack of a better term he's going to turn into a vampire is what i'm telling you so off they go the th- the four of them now uh to Byron Von James's house uh which is uh barricaded and secure to a certain extent yeah uh, they get there and he's got a bang on the the door to get his wife to let him in because uh she barricaded it shut once he left excellent uh, problem, uh, she can't let him in because she is busy fucking the frat boy that they let in earlier. Now, eventually, uh, Roy, the frat boy, the quote-unquote frat boy, who looks like he's in his mid-40s, uh, lets them in and begins almost immediately mercilessly hitting on Carrie uh, in front of Bone and uh, Sam. So, mind you, he's doing this while wearing a uh, snatch hound hat some whitey tidies and a uh, sport jacket, which is, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I guess they thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. We're inside now and we're safe and we get to meet Lynette Von James, Byron's wife. She is comparable to one of the young ladies that uh, Cowboy uh, referenced earlier, the lot lizard, as she is just trying to fuck anything with a, a pair of testicles. Um, and a lot of weird, uh, hey, you can put it in my rump if you want, big boy. <laughs> hey, I'm going to ride you like a fucking, like a motorcycle. Okay, this just goes on and on the entire movie, okay? So, that's where we're at. Uh, from there, we get a lot of nonsensical back and forth between uh, Bone and Roy and Roy and uh, Byron and so on and so forth. It's a real pain in the ass. There, okay. <laughs> um, I got some chuckles. I did. There was, but again, they were all adolescent, you know, genitalia references that were colorfully put put together. So there's that. Um, at some point, uh, they decide that they have to tie Sam up because they realize that he's been bitten, and there's a good chance he's going to turn into a vampire. So. In the backyard of this place is a drained pool. They basically duct tape him to a to a chair, put him in the drained pool, and uh, you know they're like, "Okay, we're going to come check on you in a little bit." And about this time, Sam is now a full on vampire, but not like a cool kick your ass vampire, just like a pale dude with fangs that just sits there and fucking whines the whole movie. Um, Carrie sees this, and apparently for some bizarro turn, decides that she actually gives a shit about Sam. So she runs off to a, a bathroom and starts crying. Oh, my boyfriend's a vampire. Oh, less than, 
I don't know, uh, two hours ago, you were calling him every name in the book and repeatedly exclaiming to him that the only reason you were with him was for the money. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a heart of gold. Ah, 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 not so fast, because when Bone interrupts this little crybaby session, she just comes on the verge of sucking his dick. Literally. Like, she's like, no, I'm not, I'm going to go down on you all of a sudden. What the fuck, man? Come on. Okay, I guess that's supposed to be funny, but that is the most non... You understand that me trying to explain this to you in some kind of a coherent way is probably taking years off my life and giving me a fucking headache? (laughs) I I probably should have actually had some alcohol before I came in. All right, anyway. Sam is now full-on vampire. He manages to get loose and interrupts this weird uh, crying blowjob situation. And he's like, I thought you loved me. <laughs> Sam then gets fully pissed off. Well, not really. Really, he just kind of walks off. Uh, they're like, hey, man, you're a vampire. You can't be up in here. And he's like, I'm just going to leave anyway. So he just walks off into the night. All right, cool. Now, uh, here's a little fun little thing that goes nowhere. There's a bunch of banging at the door. And uh, Roy goes to the door and he's like, yeah, what's going on? He's yelling through the door, and the voice on the other side of the door is like, Oh my god, I'm a hot, naked blonde. I was being chased by vampires, and all my clothes got tore off. And Roy's like, Oh, really? I'm going to let you in. And then he's like, Wait a minute. Yeah, I don't think so, you vampire. Get out of here. And then he walks off, and we see on the other side of the door actually is a hot, naked blonde who uh, gets immediately slaughtered by vampires. So now we're going to have like a vampire siege. And they're all going to come rushing to the house, and they're banging on the windows and the doors and trying to get in and all that shit. It gets pretty scary. Uh, And then, out of nowhere, when Sam walks out, they all leave. So now we're going to cut to somewhere in the town of Fate, where there's like a vampire meeting in progress. So here comes like all the vampires, and there's like a mayor, I guess, or like a... They said the mayor wasn't there, but then Tom Towles shows up. And I don't know if he was supposed to be the mayor or the sheriff. He was dressed like a sheriff. He comes and gives this big emphatic speech about how the people inside the house are a bunch of degenerates and they have inverted penises and there's a a, a whore in there. And then like the good vampire people of fate all decide that they're going to rise up and take down the degenerates in the house. So from there, we get a a, a very strange, almost protest-like march to the house where... um, they're all holding like uh, protest signs, like no inverted penises and things like that. Um, are we okay? So are we? Are they protesting uh, them living there, or are they going there with the intent of breaking the fucking house apart and killing them? Because Tom Towles tells them, "Hey, we'll just you know light the house on fire. They'll come out and then we'll kill them." Okay, then what's with all the stupid fucking signs? I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking too much. Clearly, I'm thinking way too much. Um, Anyway, they get there, and they're like, okay, we're going to burn you out. And they're like, no. Now, inside, they're like, holy shit, there's a crap ton of vampires coming. So we get a uh, vampire, getting ready for vampire war montage of them sharpening table legs and making weird garlic bomb things. And... um, I don't know, doing like holy water, I guess. I don't, I don't, they had, took like a chair in, uh, 
sharpened the the back of it into a bunch of steaks. So it's all right, whatever, <laughs> what the fuck ever. And then once the montage is over, they real they do like a slow and dramatic walk through, like a smoky shot. And then they pause and they go, "Holy shit, the house is on fire." And then outside, he's like, "Well, I'd better rather die in a fire than die by getting killed by a vampire." So they all get ready, and then Sam pops back up, and he's like, "Those guys in there are my friends." And for a second, you think Sam is here to save the day, but then he's like, "But they fucked with me, so I invite you all into the house." Which I guess he's not in the house, though. You can't invite somebody into a house that you're not in, Sam. But for the sake of this movie, we have to sign off on this dumb shit. So now all the vampires apparently... What? Okay, so wait just a goddamn minute. Fucking uh, Chris Gardner, uh, writer of Blood on the Highway. So you're telling me that the vampires never could have gotten into the motherfucking house to begin with? Then why the fuck were they trying to kick the doors in? This is... Oh, God damn it. See, this is what I'm talking about, inmates. Um, okay. <laughs> We're just gonna pretend that that is the rule, the new revised rules of the movie, okay? We're just, we're just gonna roll right through it. Cause I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, Irma Gersh. I am. I, 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 I apologize. And I'm very sorry about me doing this to a movie that you like. And if you like this movie, good for you. I'm glad, I'm glad you dig it. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, not for me is what it is. So, uh, there you go. All right. Anyway, now apparently they can kick the doors in, but why bother? Because they already let the house on fire and why wouldn't they be able to kick the doors in to begin with? Because they've been doing it since the beginning of the movie. Regardless, Sam is there. He's now on team vampire. They rush the house, uh, the guys inside uh, kill a shit ton of them. Most of these vampires look like um, they look like uh, the people uh, that you would see um, like at a Target or you know uh, look like the uh, remember when the the camera used to do the studio audience on the Jerry Springer show. That's what these vampires look like. A lot of uh, heavy set. Uh, you know, soccer mom types, and not a lot of actual, like, vam- again, with the pantomiming. A lot of running into the house with your hands up. Ah! And then, oh, I guess I got shot. Let me just lay down here. Um, a lot of that going on. They kill a bunch. Uh, Roy goes down. Roy gets killed by, by the vampires. Uh, everybody else makes it out, except that um, once they get outside of the house... Lynette is like, well, shit, I'm going to go lock the doors. I don't want anybody getting my stuff. So she goes running back to the front door to lock the door. But there's already vampires inside, so I don't know why the fuck we're... Oh. All right. All right. You see this? You see this, Irma Gersh? Okay. Um, So she goes back, and then she gets killed by the vampires. And then Byron, Von James, goes back, and he tries to help her. And then he gets killed by the same vampires. And then uh, we cut to Carrie and uh, Bone running away. They are trying to get the fuck out of there. They try to. They make it back to their car, but then they realize that it's still out of gas, as it should be. And then they end up running straight back to the consumart. Um, it's uh, they're in there and they're like, "Oh, cool. We, there's like supplies and stuff in here." And then they like close the doors, and then the vampires rush the doors. Uh, okay, so now we're saying they can't come in because they haven't been invited in, right? 
Because Carrie turns around and she's like flipping him the bird and she's like, you can't come in. We didn't invite you. <laughs> Little do they know there's already like 15 or 20 of them in the consume mart. Right. So then they turn around and they're like, oh, more vampires in here. Shit. So they have to battle it out with these vampires. They end up like in the back, uh, like in a freezer section, I guess, of the consume mart, at which point um, like uh a BMW crashes through the the front doors of the the consumart, and a guy, a slick looking dude in a power suit, gets out. His license plate says "Blood Money," which I thought was kind of fun. And he walks back there to the um, um, what do you call the the freezer area? At this point, Carrie has also been bitten by one of the vampires, and uh, make a long, so this is like the the, the district manager of consumart and the head vampire. So he goes back there, battles it out with Bone for a little bit. Um, he goes from being this, he's like, I'm going to show you my true vampire. And then he turns into like an ugly Nosferatu-looking guy. And then uh, battles it out. Bone kind of like wounds him. And then Carrie comes back and then she kills him. And then Bone, unfortunately, has to kill Carrie because she's just about to turn into a vampire. And then uh, Bone gets into the BMW and drives off. Uh, he gets about halfway down the road and then the sun comes up and he starts smoking and that's when you realize that Bone has also been bit by a vampire and he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a bloodsucker, I'm just gonna ride into the sunshine, the sunset and I'll get, or the sunrise I guess and I'll get burned up and then the credits start rolling and then about 30 seconds later the credits stop, you see Bone pull off the side of the road and get in the trunk of the car, he's like, fuck this and then he closes the, and then that's the end of the movie. And that, my friends, is Blood on the Highway from 2008. Now, here's the thing, guys. This movie was not for me. That doesn't mean it's not for you. If you enjoyed the movie, great. Um, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you, you, you know, got into it. The humor... It just missed for me. I did get a couple of chuckles out of it, but mostly it was for the genitalia references and the dick and fart stuff. The The concept of this is fine. Just poorly executed. Written horribly. A lot of plot holes here, my friends. A uh, lot of shit just doesn't make sense that we just have to turn our brains off and, uh, I don't know, Just I guess just pretend didn't happen. So... I, I don't know, dudes. <laughs> I don't know. I, if you if you ask me, I would say that this movie is fine. All right? Now, I'm not mad at it, but hear me out. I am not mad at this. What I will say is that I don't think it is worthy of everyone's high praise that they gave it when it first came out. I watched it for the first time and went, this is fucking dumb. None of this shit makes sense. These vampires... Uh, I, I I don't know if I I don't I don't even know what they're trying to do here. So I don't. And then I turn on my usual horror podcast that I listen to, and everybody's raving about it like it's the best thing ever. It's not I, to me. It's not. If you're into it that much, by all means, uh, good for you. Get yourself a Blood on the Highway T-shirt if such a thing exists. Um, there you have it. I, I, I cannot talk about this movie anymore. I need to. I think I am going to go do a shot now. Thank you very much. That was Blood on the Highway. I'm going to take myself a little bit, a little break here. I'll be back with you in a minute.
like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'm back. Alright, I feel much better now. I did some uh, deep breathing, some uh, guided meditation, I'm putting the experience of blood on the highway behind me, and uh, hopefully we can move on with the show without any bad feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry, Irma Gersh. I said it 50,000 times, all right? I'm sorry. I didn't like it, and uh, I'm not saying anything bad about people that do like it. It just didn't work for me, and I'm sorry. Uh, that being said, I've got some other, um, I don't know. I didn't really watch anything any better this week, so... I'll just tell you what I did watch. Here comes What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? How about Demon Legacy from 2014? Uh, This one I found on Tubi, streaming right now. Imagine, if you would, a girl power version of Evil Dead. Uh, Remove Ash from the equation and replace him with a bunch of uh, chicks and have them get possessed off and killed off one by one, and then that's pretty much the end of your movie. Uh, There is one young lady in this this film, and she is screaming hot. Let me pull her up. And um, the actress herself is pretty attractive but they did so they they gave her like pigtails and knee-high socks in this one she is unbelievable i'm gonna tell you right now her name is um god damn it oh for fuck's sake how does this how does any of this work i'm trying to pull it up on my goddamn facebook account and because that's where i pinned it in on the demon legacy which will link me to the IMDb page. I'm sorry, I know this is terrible audio. Oh, there she is. There you are. Hold on, I'm going to tell you the name of the actress. It is uh, Katie Sharp. And they gave her, like, glasses and pigtails, and they put her in, uh, like, some very tight-fitting things. She is screaming hot, man. Keep an eye out for her. 
I uh, watched that. I also watched Against the Night from 2017, starring Frank Whaley. Um, this one's not too bad. It's about uh, some kids that uh, think they're going to do some amateur ghost uh, hunting and go to an abandoned prison. What they find there instead is a meth lab full of meth heads, and nothing good happens from there. Not a bad show. Um, they kind of... Uh, the the ending kind of gives it away. Well, I don't know, man. There's a lot of interpretation here as to whether what they were experiencing was the meth heads fucking with them versus the supernatural versus the paranoia of being uh, in an abandoned prison all by yourself because that's pretty creepy too. And lastly, uh, uh, me and my son got to watch Jack Frost from 1997. Not the one with Michael Keaton. The one where the I'm talking about the one where the snowman gets possessed by a serial killer. That's the only Jack Frost that I know and love. Uh, it was actually on the Joe Bob show this week on Shutter. Uh, Joe Bob saves Christmas. I don't know if anybody got to watch that or not, but that's I mean that's a classic, really. Jack Frost. They you know fucking possess snowman. What's not to like? Uh, that's all I'm looking at this weekend, mates. How about a little immersion therapy? House of Purgatory. Immersion therapy. House of Purgatory. So this is a classic example of how a movie can be spoiled just by reading the title. (laughs) I mean, that pretty much gave it away right there. That's the big twist at at the end is that they're actually in purgatory. Uh, Other than that, it's pretty much a low-end, a low-rent version of Haunt, which is a much better situation than this is. Kids, Halloween night, decide to go to some haunted attraction. Um... End up getting killed off or otherwise disappeared one by one therein. Now, in Haunt, it turns out to be a bunch of weird body mod freaks. In this one, they're actually in some kind of purgatory. And I assume that we have to say that they all died at some point previous to the events of the movie. And thus, purgatory. There you have it. Not that good. Low budget. Uh, They did something that uh, in this movie that kind of takes me out of it. And... What, it, what they did was they cast like a, a 35-year-old uh, chick to play a high school girl. It's very distracting to me when the, the lady with the crow's feet and the, uh, you know, the wrinkles on the face, and the, especially when you see her hands and they've got all the veins, and she's talking about she has to be home by 11 or her parents are going to kill her. That's a bit. That's a little bit of a problem. That's a little bit of a problem for me. It's not to say that she's unattractive, but she's clearly not 16 years old. So, either we write around that some way, we, we, we change the dialogue and say she's there looking for her 16-year-old daughter or younger sister or something like that, or we just find a, a, a younger-looking actress. Because all the other actresses in this movie looked like they were at least early 20s, so they were, you know, at least passable. The main chick, the redhead, no, 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 no. I, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to be cruel to this actress, but I'm not going to look her up and get her date of birth to find out how old she was when this movie came out, because I don't want to, I don't want to go there. It, needless to say, she's not 16 or anywhere near it. I'll leave it at that, okay? 
late 20s at best. Probably, may possibly even older. I don't know. Anyway, other than that, it's not a bad show, but it's not the best thing I've ever seen either. It's something that I will probably forget 35 minutes from now uh, <laughs> completely, as, as almost as if I never watched it at all. It's, it's like I said, dude, if, you, if you're thinking about watching this movie, just watch Haunt instead. It's a much better version. Uh, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Anything for Jackson from 2020. This one is presently streaming on Shutter Stars, Sheila McCarthy and Julian Richings. Something about a doctor kidnapping one of his patients and doing something gnarly to her, I'm sure. Rarely does a doctor kidnap his patient for a good reason. Yeah, he kidnapped her because he wanted to uh, perform a hysterectomy that was going to save her life. That that just doesn't happen, all right? If you're going to do that, then you're probably either going to rape somebody or um, implant them with some device that they didn't ask for or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what doctors are up to these days, man. I try to avoid them altogether myself. That's just my policy. Um, Check that shit out, inmates. We will do the same, or I will, uh, and we can compare notes next week. In the meantime, we need to educate Miss Monica, or in this case, me, because she's not here. Educating Miss Monica. My clues from last week. Uh, Me and my buddies were out on Christmas Eve and decided that we got sick of striking out at clubs and getting kicked out of clubs. So we hooked up with one chick and she took us back to her brother's house and things got super weird there with him in the French countryside. And his possible other sister, whom he we don't ever really get to see other than her boobs. Uh, the movie is Shaitan, which is French for Satan. Uh, Cowboy nailed me on that one. That's a good. That's a that's a fucking bizarre movie, dude. Have you guys ever seen that one? Um, what's his name? Vince Gallo, I think the the big guy. Uh, he plays a right uh, loony prick when he wants to, and with the ethnic slurs. I the the version that I watched was um subtitled. So I don't know, man, but there's no way that movie gets made and or released in America today. No fucking chance. Not with that kind of dialogue. They didn't hold nothing back, especially against the uh the black guys and the Muslims. Woo! <laughs> wow. <laughs> ah, you thought the American South was bad? Go to rural France. They really don't like you out there. <laughs> All right, who might I be this week, you ask? That's a fucking good question. So my kid got really sick, and we had to relocate to a new town to be closer to his hospital. Got a sweet deal on this house that we just bought. Huge place, too. Apparently it was repurposed from some kind of a office of some sort. But the shit that we're finding inside the walls of this place is absolutely bananas. For fuck's sake, man, was that a box of eyelids I just saw? Think about that, inmates, and I will give you the answer next week. I think I may have just shot myself in the foot with that eyelids thing, because that's kind of a dead giveaway. Think about that. I'll fill you in on uh, who I was next week. Hopefully, I can get somebody else in here. Um, Maybe I'll get Cowboy. Maybe I'll get Jason Harrell back. 
I don't know if I can. I, I don't, just got a text from Monica. Let me give you a Monica update real quick. Uh, this came in at 7.45 p.m. Hey, peeps. MRI results in. I have three bulging discs and L5 has pinched off my nerves. Four weeks of physical therapy. And if I don't get better, I'll need surgery. FML. Shit. So I don't know, man. She may be out indefinitely. That completely sucks. Um, I'm going to try and get somebody in here because I think I'm going fucking crazy. Uh, might even have to get Deacon back in here if he's not too busy playing Mortal Kombat. Uh, other than that, inmates, I think that's about going to be it for me this week. Uh, join me next week for Santa Jaws here in the, uh, the uh, Cowboy Month here in the padded room. Um, Tom Hardy, if you're listening, I need your picks for January, my friend. So get me a list of which movies you want us to do in January. Also, I need your address. I need to send you a fucking t-shirt. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it, right? Did I forget anything? No. Oh, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you heard this show. That always helps out our visibility quite a bit. We do have a Patreon campaign running. Uh, find the link to it at paddedroompodcast.com. All of our backlog of shows is there, as well as Horror for Dummies and a few of the other shows that have come and gone on the the PRN network. Um, I think that's it, right? Did I forget anything? No? So, for Buddy, Miss Monica, both in absentia, uh, festive sharks, uh, boxes of eyelids, movies that... I'm trying really, really hard not to be mad at. And Irma Gersh, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Again, I know you love the movie. Good for you. I'm glad you enjoy it. Um, Vampires that apparently can hold down um, retail jobs and the Padded Room podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.